You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, and fantasy sports. I'm Doug Brantz, and I cover the team for FanRagSports.com. We are coming to you live from the Gittimer.com studios here in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte, just down the street from Spectrum Center, home of the Charlotte Hornets. And I'm joined by my co-host. We call him the man, the myth, the legend. He's been covering the Hornets since they were the Bobcats for AtTheHive.com. David Walker. Day three, Doug. Is this this is going into day three of Mitch Watch? <laughs> right. We're still waiting. Yeah, we're still cup checking it out. Oh, there we go. <laughs> still waiting on news. If Mitch Cupcheck will be the Next general manager of the Charlotte Hornets. Still no official word from the team. But we do have official word on Malik Monk being an excellent dunker. Is he he throwing his his hat in the ring for a contest next year in Charlotte, maybe? Ooh, maybe. Hmm? He definitely started to stack his resume last night in Chicago. We've got that game breakdown coming up. He had an electric fourth quarter, but the Hornets... Fall short in Chicago against Chicago for the third time this season. Just yeah, Chicago. They've got the they got the Hornets number, Doug. They got their number. They got their social security number. They've got their <laughs> home address. They the routing number. They've got the routing number. They've got the account number. They've got the the last four digits of the zip code, the postal code. Not the one. Not yeah. the ones everyone else knows. Not the five numbers. I'm talking about the four that nobody knows. Right, exactly. They've got their IM, their AOL screen <laughs> name. They've got they they know where they are. They know where they live. They've memorized their away message. They know their MySpace mm-hmm. page. Sometimes it's just about matchups, and, and doesn't matter if that's well, uh, no. you know, uh, potential I, G League. You're trying to. You're trying or, uh, to. You're trying to. Yeah, <laughs> it's all about you're, trying matchups, to, Doug. you're trying to get me to do the recap right now, and I won't do it because <laughs> we're going to get to that later. First, it's Draft Wednesday here. On Locked On Hornets, Gavin Shaw, host of Locked On Nets, our draft host, is due in any minute now. But we didn't want to wait. We wanted to get started. But he may pop in here and give us some draft analysis. But we'll get things started. Uh, it is Draft Wednesday here on Locked On Hornets, something we started a few weeks ago. Want to get you prepped early as all of this, all of these uh, uh, draft websites start to gather their resources together. Draft workouts are on the horizon, so we want you to be prepared. We want you to be knowledgeable. We want to be knowledgeable because normally, David, we we wait until like the beginning of June to do That's our right. like draft cram. Well, not this year, baby. No, this year we're going to be prepared. We're going to know these things uh, way in advance. Uh, so the the first question we should update on every one of these segments is where would the Hornets draft if the draft were to start today? And really, well, really we can only update this question probably one or two more draft Wednesdays because the season is almost over. But right now, they would land in the 11th slot. The Lakers... 11. Yeah, the Lakers have a slightly worse record, though 
I think now the Hornets may have as many losses after last night against Chicago as the the Lakers do. So the Lakers and Hornets right now are sort of dueling for that tenth or eleventh slot in in next year's next year's this year's draft. There we go. Right. All right. I'm good. Well, it's a familiar place for the team, right? 10, 11, 10, 11, 12. That's their sweet spot. That's where they really they should be used to it now. So maybe this time the you know they'll they'll look back on past drafts and figure some new stuff out. And uh who knows? Maybe a new GM will be in town by then. So so let's uh <laughs> let's talk about let's mock around the clock. Let's talk about who the Hornets have mocked to them at eleven amongst the various draft expert websites let's start off on the ringer which david if if fans of this show have not been to the ringers nba draft page it's nbadraft.theringer.com it is really the best out there right now in my opinion because you can get quick access to information you can get deep dives into each player they I, i feel like they are now with draft express out of the way they are setting the standard yeah, that's what we were saying before the show. It's really easy to use. They know how to make things digestible for uh, the digital age. And this, yeah, this draft, now the Draft Express is behind that vicious paywall. Uh, this has got to be your go-to if you don't want to pony up those dollars. So right now they have Mikhail, and th- this is really their power ranking. I know it's not Power right. Thursday yet, but this is really their power ranking. It's not so much a mock draft that they are taking into account what teams need or anything like that yet. Uh, but the 11th best player in their rankings right now is Mikel Bridges, small forward Villanova. Got a good look at him in that final against Michigan. Uh, three and D guy, David. I think Mikel Bridges, for me, I feel like that's the top prospect for the Charlotte Hornets because of what he offers in terms of his ability to shoot the basketball and defend on the other end, something this team desperately needs. Yeah, now I'm showing this was updated on March 27th, Doug. I'll be interested to see how that might change with the latest update because stuff I was hearing around the national championship game was that Mikhail had jumped Miles in a lot of the Bridges rankings out there. So Miles Bridges ranked just ahead of uh, Mikhail at, at 10 and 11, respectively. So that'll be interesting to me. But, yeah, uh, you know what is crazy to me, Doug? Villanova, red shirts. He's, like, Mikhail Bridges was is a red shirt, I believe. I mean, that's, that's pretty wild to, to see a, a red shirt player have an impact in this day and age and not only have an impact like be the team's best player really yeah i mean he did play in that first uh finals against carolina he came off the Mm -hmm. bench and had he had a role with that team through the through the ncaa tournament but in the finals he he had a couple of points a couple of rebounds it was it was a small role uh but he did come off the bench and, and then and you know now uh despite dante divincenzo being the story out of that that final game. It really was Mikel Bridges and it really was his team. And he was the only other player to put up uh, big numbers for Villanova in that game. Uh, but I have to, I'm with you, David. I think that Mikhail is, is going to rise very quickly. I really feel like he's a player that is going to be out of range of that 10th or 11th spot. Once teams really dig in and, and invite him uh, to, to come and work out for them. I think he's a player that's going to quickly uh, move up the board. I don't really see him as a top five player, but I certainly – I just don't think he's going to be available at, at 10 or 11, unfortunately, because I really think he is the perfect sort of all-around 
um, uh, defend multiple positions, kind of. I'm looking at the the shades of section, their NBA comps, and I'm looking at these names, David, and they're mm. they are literally all names of players that I have at one point or another said, you know, the Hornets could really use a Rodney Hood. You know, I've been thinking about this, and the Hornets, man, they could really use a a Kit Bazemore type player. Oh, how about right, Tony right. Snell? That's a player that the Hornets could really like a guy lengthy, has the has the physical tools to defend one through three, maybe one through four, and and also can knock down a shot on the other end uh, from deep and can spread the floor and allow Kimball Walker to drive to the lane a little easier. So seven two wingspan for Mikhail Bridges. You really like that at six seven. Yeah. Prototypical three and D is what they have listed here. So you have to imagine that he will shoot up the draft boards, especially after that championship run and performance by Villanova. Um, now, Miles Bridges is, an, is somebody they, they might have a shot at, him, which is which is funny because we targeted him last year when, when they thought he was going to come out. Um, comps for him are Derek Coleman, uh, Tobias Harris, and Former Deshaun Hornet. Thomas. Very interesting. If I mean, if, if, they, if you are a recent fan, look up, look up Derek Coleman's time in Charlotte. Find some old Observer <laughs> articles. He was a polarizing player here in, in Charlotte for his brief tenure. Yeah, I was trying to think of a, of a current Hornets comp or someone that's come through. I don't know, man. You, they don't really make them like they used to make D.C. and some of those guys in the 90s these days. I mean, Hassan Whiteside comes to mind. Big dudes, big dudes with attitude, man. That's yeah. what he, he was one of, those, one of those guys. It was just he was large and in charge. Marcus Cousins, maybe. I don't know. There was a bunch of those guys around there at that time, but uh, it feels like there's going to be a lot of movement. I mean, um, we've talked about some of the big guys, you know, in this draft, and one guy they have listed well below the 11th spot is um, is well, Kevin Knox, but Robert Williams also the big guy out of Texas A&M. So there's a couple of yeah, Big and, names still listed below the Hornets slot at 11. Yeah, at ESPN, uh, Jonathan Gavoni hasn't updated since March 20th, but he has Robert Williams, uh, the forward center from Texas A&M at 11, last seen dominating the UNC Tar Heels in the NCAA tournament. I want to roll through these quickly. SB Nation has Shy Gilgis Alexander. Still haven't determined whether it's Gilgis or Gilgis. Still looking into that. Uh, we spent a lot of time solving Billy Willie. Uh, we figured that out, and now we have another mystery at hand. Uh, but the point guard from Kentucky uh, impressed a lot of people in the NCAA tournament with uh, the comfort level that he had on ball. Uh, there's some questions about how much of a how much strength could he build, how much bulk could he add uh, onto that frame, uh, and able in order to allow him to defend in the NBA. And then Sports Illustrated Kevin Knox, six nine small forward out of Kentucky, uh, that would definitely I think be a long term pick for the Charlotte Hornets. Kevin Knox. Uh, not a player I expect to come in and really contribute in his first couple of seasons in the NBA. Um, but I look at these, David, and I think the worst-case scenario is that the Hornets have to settle for a for a Robert Williams, who projects out in sort of the Clint Capella mold and could give a future Hornets team, a, a Hornets team two or three years down the line, a, a, an anchor underneath the rim to surround with shooters that are brought in by whatever general manager takes over for the Charlotte Hornets like that to me that's I really love this what I'm saying is I love this draft for the Charlotte Hornets because I really think the types of players that they need 
are are going to be waiting for them because the types of players that they really don't necessarily need right now are sitting at the top of the draft. That or they land on one of these small scoring guys like Trey Young. Man, he's only six two. Heep. That is uh that's concerning a little bit. Or 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 Colin Sexton if he should slip a little bit. I mean that's going to be that would be worst case scenario. What's that? Is if they opt guys? to yeah if they opt to take if they yeah. if they have to or opt to take somebody who is undersized. I'm tired of undersized. I think a Get lot of fans of are tired of undersized. I think it would be Man. nice to have someone that is properly sized uh, this season. <laughs> just, Proper proportions. <laughs> I listen. Yes, I I just recently had to go buy some new pants because I was tired of my pants not fitting anymore. I, my pants were too big. I had to get oh, pants. Oh, pro- okay. I had the yeah. Humble, I had the problem brag, you want to have. Humble brag. It was That's a humble right. brag. I, actually, you know what? I've worked <laughs> really you. hard. It was a. It was yeah. a. It wasn't a humble brag. It was an actual. Celebrate brag. that. I've seen your rings. I've seen your activity rings. Good for you, buddy. <laughs> okay. Uh, short pause. We're going to come back and talk about that. Was draft Wednesday. I uh, hope you enjoyed. That it. was We're, it. That was it. <laughs> uh, that was the, our draft analysis. Uh, brought to you by Thanks Old to Navy. the Ringer. Shout out to the Ringer. Um, well, yeah, we t- we went through the that was that was the mock around the clock. We told you who's mocked to the Hornets, and a lot of these things sure. are going to update. That's the thing. Like everyone's just sort of jumbled these players up and told you, you know, these are the top 14, 15 guys to watch. And as the weeks progress, you're going to start oh, yeah. to see certain players really solidify their role as in the tiers, you know, the top, I think the top two or three are, are, are fairly settled. I, I think we're good on, on Bagley, Aiden and, uh, Bagley, Aiden and who am I missing here? Donkic. Oh, Donkic. Yes. So I really feel like that's, that's the solid three. And then everyone yeah, else is sort top. of making their way. And, and also we don't know for sure right now who's staying and who's going. So there could be some surprise players that yep. that opt to to hang back. I think the Bagley. I don't think Oh Carter has declared. I think for sure, but Bagley I think is still waiting to declare. Or maybe I have those two flip flops. I think Bagley declared. Okay, before Car- the clock ran out on Duke's game against Kansas. Yeah, I think, he, <laughs> I, think he declared, I think he declared on his way to the locker room. <laughs> they called. They called the timeout. He was like, "Coach, I'm declaring." Okay, uh, hit the showers. All right, we're going to hit the showers for a quick pause. We're going to come back, talk about uh, last night's game against the Chicago Bulls. Another L for the Hornets, but a W for some of the young players on this team. You're listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets Podcast. Kemba is out. LeBron got kicked out. Wade is old. Pop is a genius. Don't give up on social media, Doug. You just got to be social. Oh, that's real nice. Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com. Let's go to the Windy City, Chicago, where the Hornets were taking on the Bulls for the fourth and final time. Thank goodness. This one started slow but ended in exciting fashion. A lot of that having to do with the play of young Malik Monk, 21 points for Monk on the night, 5 of 10 from beyond the arc. He had 16 points and four of those triples in the final quarter. Kind of drug the Hornets back into this game with his offense, uh, but as we'll talk about a little later, may have taken them out of the game with some of his uh, decision-making. David, uh, did a little blood rush into your you-know-what when Malik (laughs) Monk started to get it going? 
man, I got a text right after the game or in the waning seconds for my dad that just said that was an entertaining fourth quarter. And he was right. <laughs> it was very entertaining. And that's your what you dad on Twitter, by the way, he's one that's, of my, my fave follows because uh, you know why? Because it's, it's the infrequency but mm-hmm. the heat that he brings, you know, a lot of people try to just shotgun fire, you know, just spread it, try to spread out as much sass as they can on Twitter and hope that something really sticks. But anytime I see your dad come across the timeline, I know that some serious heat is about to drop. Don't think I haven't sent that uh, screen name out to several people just to say, just keep this on your radar and just see what <laughs> happens. Because first of all, that text was pure facts. I mean, that's what you expect from a 30 year newsman just the facts it was an entertaining fourth quarter which i think is all you want at this point let's be honest doug i mean it would been fun to win the game but the entertainment value is really paramount at this point in the season and yeah i mean malik monk was pretty fun uh during the in that stretch and you know brought him back dwight another double double those two guys doug i don't know if you realize this did you know malik monk set another historic record last night for the hornets are you I aware did, of this? Which no, this? I did. No, honestly, I didn't. What did it tell me? He is he is the first franchise player to hit have three games, I think, with five or more three pointers. Now I probably messed that up, so let me search that. But there's a three point related. I'm gonna get this right before we before we end the show. This <laughs> is good. This is good content. I should have looked that up before, but I, I, I'll get it right. It was a three-point related uh, record. Is it first, first rookie to have three games of five or more three-pointers in franchise history? I'm going to confirm it for you right now. And this okay. is important that we get this right, guys. Well, listen, we, you're going to look up the three-pointers, but we really want to talk first about – First player okay. in franchise history to record at least three games with five or more three-pointers in his rookie season. Bam. There you go. We did it together. We got it together. <laughs> Take that for data. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we we talked about his three-point shot, which was – it's getting locked in. It's I mean, that's, that's undeniable. He was struggling to shoot early this season and really throughout this entire season. But over the course of the past 10 or so games, he has really found his shot. And that's something I was getting concerned about. You and Nada and others were telling me, calm down, Douglas. The, the form looks okay. Everything looks fine. Everything's going to be fine. And it turns out you were right. We'll see. So congratulations. And I hope whatever you're drinking is tasty. Um, (laughs) But people want to hear about the dunk. If you haven't seen this dunk, it's right now it's the third uh, highest rated post on the NBA Reddit. Uh, That has not happened for Malik Monk or any Charlotte Hornet not named Dwight Howard uh, in really all season. Uh, And we've, you know, gotten used to seeing Donovan Mitchell and mm-hmm. uh, and others, Dennis Smith Jr., some other rookies, Ben Simmons putting on shows and being all over Twitter and Reddit and just putting their their talent right in our face. Uh, so it was nice to see this dunk that Malik Monk threw down against Chicago, the old double-clutch, vicious throwdown. David, what did you think about that dunk? Reminiscent of Vince Carter. Now, I know that's, 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 that's that's blasphemy. That's blasphemy because these two are not even in the same category. But Vince had a similar dunk his rookie season, and it was a yeah double clutch baseline drive from the little fella. I mean, like I said, that was pretty impressive, and that was worth the price of admission if you're in Chicago. Good crowd in Chicago, by the way. Now was Dennis Smith ranked ahead of him in the Reddit yes. rankings because he had a sell yeah. 
can't. That's what I figured. Well, off, because off, listen, off the bounce self pass. Yeah, that's going to be tough to beat. Yeah, if you haven't seen the Dennis Smith Jr. dunk in transition, he bounces it to was, himself. Yeah, that was a breakaway. That was almost like a dunk contest dunk. I mean, if you look at him, Malik. Actually the way the way Chicago was playing it. defense, David, and the Hornets weren't doing much better. The Hornets' problems defensively were the fact that they were turning over the basketball 20 times, leading to 28 Chicago Bulls points. It's it's tough to play defense when you're giving teams uh, opportunities to score very quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, But 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 listen, you said it. The Bulls are running out G League players. I mean, he was his matchup was his matchup was Archie Diakamo. Diakamo? I think it's Mm Diakamo. Don't ask. Don't ask the Detroit Pistons. PA announcer. He has no idea. Ryan, three. <laughs> no one knows what we're talking about. All right. Go back and listen to a couple shows ago, one of the NBA lulls. Um, my point is that, yes, the competition was not there, but the dunk was fantastic, and I really thought he was going to turn it into a layup when he felt the contact, but he had the athleticism and the body control to lift it back up and yam it down. So, that's well, I'm exciting. glad he did because he had another possession where he should have probably gone up and instead dropped it off to Billy Hernan Gomez, who did not go up strong and was snuffed out by several bulls. And, uh, you know, the Hornets wasted a fast break opportunity. Yeah, it seems like, David, he's still trying to figure out when to – because there are times when he is extremely selfish on offense, maybe a little too selfish on offense, taking opportunities – that that he should work through the offense a little bit more, and then that was an odd, that was an odd part there where where he drops it off to Hernan Gomez when he clearly had the open layup, and it's almost like he was doing it, like okay I've got to be I've taken several shots I've got to like drop this off now, and that's that's where it's like it's not instinctual it's it's mm-hmm. thinking through it like oh I, now I need to be like that doesn't work. When you're thinking, oh, now I need to be unselfish, like you can't think about being unselfish. You just sort of have to, you know, have those offensive instincts where it's like, okay, this this right now is working through me. And then, you know, when another opportunity presents itself to work through somebody else, you just do it instinctually. Yeah. And I think he knows that. I mean, these guys have played enough basketball to know what a, a basketball play is and to have that come. But, you know, just being in these situations. It's well, new. reading, so well, reading NBA defense is a, a completely different thing. Oh, than, for sure. Yeah. I'm just talking about that. That, like, for example, that play where he did drop it off to Billy Hernan Gomez. I mean, there wasn't perfect spacing. You know, the, the, all these guys out there playing right now are still trying to get used to playing with the other guys a little bit too. But you're right. I mean, he's there's still you can see it's getting better. It's getting smoother, especially on the offensive end, not thinking as much. But it's still not reactionary. It's still not just muscle memory 100 percent. You know what I mean? I think you're right. You're seeing some of that develop a little bit, which is why these minutes are so important right now, regardless of who he's playing against. I think because, man, you you talk about and the Hornets ran out their starters. I, I was almost shocked to see Kemba, Nick Batum. He took a late shot. We can talk about it if you want to uh, go out against our, the Archie Diakonos of the of the Bulls and the rest of that crew because in the Kilpatrick, Kirkpatrick, Kilpatrick, 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 yeah, killed yeah, the Hornets, killed him. Killed him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they were running the starters out there because the starters aren't playing well right now. 
They're not playing great as a group. They are turning over the basketball as well, not shooting it well. It's just like, can you imagine if Malik Monk had been able to be on the floor earlier this season and and had a shooting stroke where it is now, how different this season could have been if he were more ready to play early on? Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of what ifing, what ifing. But like they, they needed, needed it. they desperately needed this kind of shooting. Like this they is needed it from somebody. Yeah, it's it's only coming from Kemba Walker. This this kind of shooting uh, is is more spread out from Marvin Williams. He hit some big shots this season. I'm not taking anything away from him, but Batum has not been able to shoot the basketball very well this season. No. I mean, they needed this from Malik Monk. Jeremy Lamb, as we talked about last episode, has been sort of on and off from beyond the arc. Uh, so. It was nice. It's nice to see now. Hopefully, it, it develops along with the rest of his game. After the game, Steve Clifford was asked about Malik Monk. He, he said he shot the ball well, played great in space, but he hedged it in classic Clifford fashion with the fact that so much of what Malik Monk got was because he was sharing the floor with Kemba Walker and the Bulls were blitzing him every single time, blitzing Kemba. Kemba had to get the ball out of his hands and they put Monk in the corner. And a lot opened up for him because so much because the Bulls were playing like I don't know if you ever played NBA 2K online, David, but they were playing sort of the cheesy NBA 2K online defense where you just like double the ball handler over and over mercilessly. And yes, you're going to come away with some steals. You're going to foul a lot, um, but a lot of a lot of online people run that cheesy defense, and that's what the Bulls were doing. Uh, but Clifford. <laughs> Just like he's not going, he's not going to. And maybe fans want this. I don't know, but he's not going to go on TV and and say, you know, amazing things about Malik Monk this season. Just not going to happen. Well, well, he can't say, look who he's playing against. He can't say that. <laughs> so he's got to, he's got to say, you know, a little bit. But, but I think that you made a great point, though, Doug. I mean, that is the point. They haven't had anyone else to do that. I don't care why it happened. It happened. You know, he converted when the opportunities were there for him. And, and that's why I wanted to see he and Kimba play together some. That's challenging, no question, because of their height and, and just gives you a small backcourt and, and Monk was not playing well. But there hasn't been anyone else to take the heat off Kimba. I mean, that's the book on the Hornets. Blitz Kimba. Everyone knows it. Even Fred Hoiberg knows it. Even the guys that were in the G League two weeks ago know it. So they're doing that, and there was no outlet for most of this year. And there certainly wasn't one in the backcourt. And with Monk out there performing, who cares how it happened? You know what I mean? Like, yes, it came off of Kemba's closed-down opportunities, but Monk converted. And I think, my God, this team desperately needs someone else to step up when Kemba can't turn a corner or can't get a good look, and Monk did that last time. You think the the marketing team for the Charlotte Hornets ever goes, knocks on... Clifford's door. Hey, Steve, Steve Arino. Can we get one, just, just one little favor, just one little positive comment about the future of our friend? Just one. <laughs> He's like, get out. <laughs> no, he just, he leans back and he's like, you know, I tell you guy, I'm like 20 minutes later. We're like, so, so no. So, so that's, that's a, a no. so that's a no. All right. Good talk. <laughs> It's just, I mean, listen, he that he is that I sort of. I mean, I, I oh, it. I love it too. It's sort of that old school coach mentality that a lot really? of fans uh, despise him for. Of like, I'm going. Listen, you have. Look, he, guys, he feels listen, this way about rookies. I say it again. 
And I say it again, guys. Yeah. I mean, he's got his Cliffordisms. You've got to you've got to earn the minutes, and you've got to earn the praise. And you and the way you earn the praise is not by doing one particular thing well. It's by having a a complete game and doing doing the little things. To be perfectly honest, and he did have that one uh, a really good uh, defensive play late in that game as well. So I think he'll get when they go to the film room. I guarantee you that he'll get more credit for the way he played defense on that one possession than he will get for the four three-point shots in in the fourth quarter. And not that knocking down those shots is not important. It's extremely important. That's what the NBA is all about, putting the ball in the hoop. But, you know, this team has always been a team in, in the Clifford era that has been about doing the small things that allow your team an opportunity to remain in a majority of games over the long yeah. term. Yeah, and uh, there was another play in the fourth quarter of that game, I believe, on a pick and roll with Dwight Howard where he tried a little pocket pass, a one-handed pocket pass that did not find Dwight Howard. And I think, you know, stuff like that is still where he's going to have to get cleaned up, obviously. I mean, Dell He was trying some it. fancy passes. Yeah, Dell called it out on the on the broadcast. You know, if you're going to use that one-handed pass, you got to be sure that you can get it through there. When with Dwight, and I'd have to go back and look, but I mean, you think you could get an angle to lob it up better to Dwight, but it, he's actually been better this year with distribution than I had thought it would be. I mean, that hasn't been the worst area of his game. So those little things he's going to have to iron out, and they'll and they'll see that. But uh, you know, if you're looking to watch Malik Monk a little bit, the, the last couple of weeks have been enjoyable, and I think they'll continue to go that way over the last three games. He's certainly going to play. Were you? Were you? surprised and or deflated that he put the horn that the starters back in no again if the starters had played well in that first half or even in the third quarter then I'd say okay let's just play the young guys but he's he's trying to get this unit to play well and they're not playing well right now so nah, I think I think I that's wanna... I think that's the that's the 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 key mark right now uh, so, yeah, wanna... uh, Malik Monk, four turnovers. Three of them led to seven Bulls points. And yeah. uh, one of them was uh, – three of them were bad passes. One of them was a travel call that he'll get later on. That's A, a double a, dribble? Is there a double dribble in there? It was, was a travel, travel call. No, I think it was a travel okay. call, yeah. And because he, he, he just shuffled his feet on the drive. It's one that, again, that's just a call he's going to have to get later on. Uh, they're, they're not willing to give that to to the young guy. Uh, so, all right, that's the Bulls recap. Hornets lose another one, and uh, we're one step closer to the end of this season. Uh, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Fun show. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes while you're there. Give us a five star review. It helps hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to Twitter at Locked On Hornets. We'll read them on Twitter Tuesdays. We're back again tomorrow for Power Thursdays. Matt Fox will join us here in the studio, and we will discuss all things Hornets and NBA. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.